season two of the Pat and JT podcast. Oh my, now I'm here at last. The best time, always gonna be the best. Come on. Exclusively on the Parkville Network. Right. 402-403-9478. Text, voicemail. It's Pat and JT everywhere else except MySpace. We don't have a MySpace, but you can get to us everywhere else. It's Pat and JT. It's day umpteen of the quarantine. Yes. Day umpteen <laughs> of the quarantine. <laughs> and I'm already up to my, over my quarantine 15. Oh man. Yep. Sorry. Gosh, it is darn what, it. It just is what it is. Sorry. Well, now you got time to start to reverse things. Yeah. Or not. I just want to, I just want to <laughs> put a belt back on again. That's all. Love the elastic. Embrace the elastic. I don't have elastic. Don't you have sweatpants Although on today? the yoga pants, man, you, you, you chicks got to figure it out. <laughs> I don't want to see that ever again. <laughs> it's comfy. Okay. Super comfy. Guess who's on? We have a good friend of ours uh, via Skype from Nashville, Tim yeah. Halpern. Tim, what, what, what was your middle name again? We asked you already, right? Uh, yes. I think I told you it was Julius, but it's actually William. Okay. <laughs> Timothy Julius. Another Halpern. lie. Yeah. That's okay. You call me Julius. Yeah. Sorry. Right. If you're not lying to us, we don't believe you. Ha <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Our whole relationship was based, based on, on a lie. Right, right. You start telling us the truth. It's like, <laughs> I know. I know. And I know now with the, the latest news, you probably won't believe me, but I actually did not lie to you about it this time. I didn't know about it last time I was on your show. Uh-huh. It happened. Whatever. It happened last second. This That's is, like this the is, day before I flew out there was when I found it's out. A oh it's a right, really big so deal. All right, so so the day before you came out here, you found out. So you did uh, lie to us. Yeah, no, no. The <laughs> day before I flew out to L.A., I found. Okay, out. okay. All right, so go ahead, lay it on us. What's going on? Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna be on the. Um, I'm actually going to be on the season premiere episode of Songland, uh, which is uh, about a week and a half. It's a great show, man. I love the first season. Watched every episode. What and network's I that on? Down, uh, NBC, I think, right? Yes, um, NBC. And yep. I've got um, almost every song that was created, the final result on my on uh, on my Apple Music. It, they're all, it's just great. I love that show. <laughs> it's so, a great show. Yeah. Yeah. I so love it. I, I'm a fan it, of the if show If somebody well. didn't see it, like me... I didn't happen to watch it. What what's exactly what's the what's the plot? Are you yeah, the killer yeah, yeah. or are you to get the killed? Concept, <laughs> it's great. It's uh, yeah. I, I I can't tell you anything now. You'll have to watch it. But the concept is Here um, There there are four songwriters each episode. So what I've what I've found out is um, each season, you know, a bunch of bunch of songwriters submit songs to the show and then um, they send around songs to each artist's team. So each episode, there's a different artist on the show. And so they send around the songs that have been submitted to, to those artist camps. And then those artist camps narrow down to, to four songs. And then so those four songwriters are the four uh, contestants on each episode. And then uh, over the course of the episode, the artist pairs down um, to, to their favorite three songs those three people work with one of the writer producers that that are on the panel for the show and then the artist picks one of the songs to record at the end of the episode. And these artists that at least I don't know about this season if it's is it the is it the same panel of artists um that were on last year. I know they rotated some in and out, but there were some staples. Yes, yeah, so it's the same three this year. Uh it's Ryan Tedder who's lead singer of One Republic and has also written a bunch of you know, pop, uh, pop smashes. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, could be a genius, Esther, potentially a genius. <laughs> he is a genius. He I is. mean, he is one of, 
He, like if I had a if I had a hero list, like he would he would right. be on it for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Esther Dean is one of the three, and she's written like a bunch of the Rihanna hits as well. She wrote Super Bass as well, um, a bunch of stuff. And then uh, Shane McAnally is the third person, and Shane is a country writer, uh, and he's written a ton of country hits. You know, like Body Like a Back Road is one of his, and he he's written pretty much all the Casey Musgraves. Oh wow! Uh, hits and a lot of her catalog as well. You know, so. wow. watching this, the first season of this from the first episode of the show, <laughs> I did not realize that writing a song was it was such. And it would make sense because people think that anytime somebody does something, it just happens. It just luck. They just do it. But writing a song is such a science to it. And there's, it's like a, it's like surgery almost dissecting these lyrics and putting them in the right spot at the certain spots of the song and what you need here and there. It fascinated me. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. I, for me, I love it because I think the show sort of lifts the curtain uh, in front of songwriting. Because so many people, when I say that I'm a songwriter, they don't they don't really understand what that means. I mean, everyone knows that you know that means I write songs, but but really behind it, there's a whole lot that goes on. And I would say this: I would say that this this show is is giving you a look into what it takes to write a, a song to get cut by a major artist. Mm-hmm. Um, not that all the other songs out there don't require as much surgery or precision. But I would say that at any given time and any of the, the, the major genre charts, there are certain things that work and certain things that don't work. And so this show is like, it's taking songs from people like me because I don't, I, I've never written for another artist to cut. That's just not what I do usually. And so it's taking people like me and then it's sort of applying some of those rules and taking them to across the finish line. Some songs are like 90% there that end up on the show. And some songs take a lot more work than others. Just being honest. Um, so that's kind of when you first started writing songs, um, how, how old were you when you, you think when you started, you were going to write songs, were you a little guy? Uh, it was, I, it was my sophomore year at Westside, so I was um, 15 or 16, and that's when I joined my first band and started writing my first did songs. You know, did you know what you were doing at that time, or was it more just you were, like, I mean, I would imagine that about any kid that loves music has at one point or another written a song. You know, I mean, I remember yeah. doing that when I was a kid. It's like I was not musically yeah. inclined whatsoever, but you try and put together uh, some kind of a some kind of a hook or or something you don't even know that's what you're doing but you're trying to put together yeah. some kind of a a song and there there's actually a science behind it but how far like when you started when did you who who was your mentor who helped you and and helped teach you new new ideas and ways to do it um Coldplay the script Jason Mraz John Mayer So you're just going uh, by like reading yeah. their lyrics and then kind of learning how to put it together by that I think it's more so. Um, or are you a poet? So much of <laughs> so much of how we learn is uh, just is osmosis. I think, and 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 I think the same way is with music. Um, it's 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 like anything else. You just you spend a ton of time sitting in it, um, being around it, and you just gradually get better at it. I think because like look at like uh, Taylor Swift. You know, like Taylor Swift, she was like yeah. what nine when she started writing songs or something. I don't know, whatever it was. Right. But, but she's got her own little style, but yep. it's solid. <clears throat> yeah, I think there's. I think. Um, I think there's something to be said though for like the the you know the sophomore year of high school songs that I wrote. There's it's songs that I would never play right now. I, I'm, you know. <laughs> Were they angsty? <laughs> oh, they're you know they're all just about crushes essentially. Um, 
but <laughs> you know, I still think that there's something to that. I think when you can, when you take that first step, I think that it really is the hardest step of, of being willing to say, okay, I'm going to write something and I'm going to share it with the world. I think when you're willing to take that step, I think that that's the toughest part. And then from there, you'll, you'll just get better at it over time. I mean, it's the same thing with, with you guys, when you decided, you know what, I really love radio, I really love broadcasting, I, I want to take the step and actually create <laughs> something and put it in front of people. You know, Because right. a lot of funny. people might love radio or love morning shows, but, you know, or podcasts or whatever the medium is, but they don't take the step of actually doing it. Well, and like with you writing know? a song, like we were just talking about, <laughs> dissecting it, and there's 15 different layers to every song, to every lyric, just like with doing a radio show, a podcast, a TV, whatever. But I think, there's a science behind yeah. it to make it. If you make it look easy, that means you're putting work in behind the scenes right. to, make, to, you know, to make it all work. Right, right. Mm. Yeah, and you know, that's the funny thing too, is like, uh, I'm sure Ryan Tedder, you know, who's one of one of the mm. um, panelists on the show, I'm sure he would tell you there have been songs that have just come out really quickly. I mean, ironically, mm. the song that, um, that I'm going to present on the show is a song that I wrote with a co-writer in like two and a half hours. So, that's, um, see, that's just, so once you know the process, you don't have to physically in your mind think, okay, step one, step two, step three, step four. It's just oh, happened. And it's kind of funny when you mentioned starting in radio, I, I honest to God, you'd have to pay me a lot of money to let anybody hear that cassette tape sure. of yeah. Jesse Taylor. Which was my name. Right. The equivalent of the sophomore songs written at Westside by Tim Halpern. Isn't it funny? I was still JT at the time, too. Um, But anyway, (laughs) that was my my first on-air gig. And I have a tape. I've never listened to it. That that thing, the Memorex is it's going to go and just be dust. Good luck soon. finding def- anything to play it on anyway. <laughs> That's true, right? Yeah, thank so God. You're safe. Thank God. So you're but safe. I would I would just die if I had to listen to it, or if any if I let anybody listen to it, I would die. So I understand the sophomore songs that you don't; those are not going to get released. Special so. place in your sure. heart. Yeah. <laughs> so when you um so when you're on there and you're you're pitching your song, right? I know you can't say much about it, but and you've had yeah. experience. You're, you've been on stage for years, and you were on American Idol, all this other stuff. Was is there like yeah. a different level of, of anxiousness or nervousness? Because this is more of you just not getting up there and singing. This is something you're pitching, something you wrote to other people who are you respect so much more. 100%. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I think I had a lot of anxiety going into this experience because of my time on American Idol. And that was you know nine years ago when Jeez. I was on Idol. And um, I still remember just the weight that I felt on my shoulders when I performed on American Idol, because I, for me, I was going, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm halfway through recording my first full length album. And if I go out and screw up this two minute cover song on national TV, it could ruin my career before it really even starts. And, uh, so that was heavy. And then I did feel the weight of, you know, millions of people were going to watch it. I felt that, mm-hmm. um, this show though, I will say this, it was different. I think for a lot of reasons, First and foremost, from the moment I got out um, to film on Songland, I felt very loved and respected and cared for uh, as a person. Uh, The executive producers, uh, they told us that they want this show to feel like a love letter to songwriters. And they said, if there's anything you feel uncomfortable about, you let us know. We want nothing more than for you to to feel great about how you look, how you sound. That's awesome. Maybe a little different feel from uh, American Idol. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it just, and, 
in every well in every way it felt totally different from idol but also like felt redemptive for me um from from my idol experience not that the idol experience was awful it right. was great it, it allowed yeah. me to start doing what i do um but that but then also i've put in nine years of playing shows and writing songs and working my tail off to to do this um and i've done it for a living since idol and so i felt very prepared to be on this stage this time and I, I mean, both times I've been on Idol and when I and when I was on Songland, um, I've never felt the need for prayer more in my life than those moments. Really? And so, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. you know, like those are the really some of the only times that I've sent texts to friends of like, hey, will you yeah. pray? Will you send Throw up some up. prayers for me? Or whatever you can <laughs> yeah. do, you know, I, I'd appreciate it. Um, and I did just feel this complete peace um, when I walked out to to perform this time. I think for all of those reasons, and uh, and so yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it uh, when they air it on TV because I uh, afterwards I felt I remember feeling um, like I, I I felt like it was a great performance. I felt like I sounded great. Um, I felt great about all the things that were that were said that that kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, I'm excited to see how, how it comes across when they air it. Do you get to spend a lot of time with the other contestants? Yeah, yeah, you do. This this show, again, is very different from Idol because um, you're just with the – there's four of you each episode. And so I was just with the other three writers um, for my episode the whole time. And so really got to know them, uh, shared a lot of meals together. And also I just feel like we are all at – very similar places in our career. It's like, it's not like this is our first rodeo. All of us had been writing songs for a long time to, to be able to, to get on uh, a stage like this. And so I think we connected on a, on a deep level. And it's That's not those cool. idiots like that for idol when you're auditioning for idol no, and you Sanjaya. go in and there's somebody, Sanjaya, well, Sanjaya. and somebody <laughs> sitting in a, you know, a bird costume or a guy who's been singing, you know, with monkeys right. for, you know what yeah. I mean? These are legit people that have been working their tails off for years and have um, a legit well, craft. It's not just a hokey, the the Thanks. show is wanting obviously to have a level of uh, respect as well yep. probably in the industry. Um, American yep. Idol did what it's supposed to do. I mean that that's what American Idol does. You know, it's it's letting people right. come up and try it. But this is <clears throat> this is where they're they're putting people together. So you should feel really good being there, number one. And and probably it is a different kind of pressure, but it's also got to feel a little more comfortable because you're a little more yes. comfortable in your skin. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for saying that, JT. I. I think for me, you know, a lot of people will ask me, would you do American Idol again or would you do The Voice? And my response is always no, um, because I feel like if, if we take a step back and we sort of look at the arc of, of where I've been on this whole journey, um, I, I think for me to start out doing Idol and then eight years later to do The Voice or to do America's Got Talent, that doesn't feel like the right storyline for me, especially when I feel like I've worked really, really hard um, and and to, to be able to do this full time for as long as I have and, and sort of built up a resume. Um, but I always say, no, I wouldn't do Idol of the Voice uh, again, but I would. the only show I would do is Songland because I feel like it portrays mm. me in the light that I want to be seen as, which is I've worked really hard and earned the right uh, to, to, to compete at, at this stage where these songs that I've written are really great songs and, and to be 
contenders for a major artist. I think that feels like a great portrayal of, of where I'm at in my career and where I want to be. Right. Does, does it scare you at all, the thought of somebody else doing one of your songs? Like, do you wonder, are they really going to get it? I mean, are they, I mean, really, they, they didn't really pit that, that like line my, like I wanted. Baby. To, that's my baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a little bit. I, I, think, I think I went into this experience feeling like I've got nothing to lose because I have never, like I said, I've never pitched a song to another artist before. And I, and I'd never written with those intentions and I didn't write with those intentions for this song. Um, it, it was a song I wrote for me. And so, uh, if you know, to have another artist cut it, the thought in my mind is, you know, going into it is like, man, that would be really cool. And I, I think it would, you know, maybe bring some new life to the song. Um, but if it doesn't happen, it still is a really great look for me and, uh, and I'll feel great about it. And so for sure, I think, I think that was kind of my mentality. And I think that also uh, attributed to me just feeling pretty at ease walking onto that stage. I mean, I I still had some nerves, but it just felt like, um, man, if this is, if this happens, how cool. And it, it opens up some new doors for me, especially being in Nashville, um, where I can, where I can do some more writing for this purpose of maybe pitching to other artists. But even if it doesn't happen, that's still those doors still could open. But also, it's just it's been a long time since I've had a you know a national spotlight kind of appearance um, like this, and so that yeah, it felt good. That's that's interesting because it's like the whole songwriting thing is just a completely different avenue. And you think of like the likes of like the Dolly Partons, right? She's a songwriter, she's a singer, yep. but then to have one of your top songs, "I Will Always Love You." And then it comes back and somebody oh, does it oh, and she yeah. does even better with it when Whitney Houston releases it. And so I got to wonder if there yeah. isn't a little pain because it's like, oh, I think the money makes it. I feel think a the money, the money soothes the pain a little bit. Yeah. But it's, you know, that there's that still that that's her song and she sang it like yeah. she sang it. And then Whitney sang it like she sang it. it yeah. Like, well, you know was, what I did? A, oh. I did a tour with um, a guy, a couple of guys, Dave Barnes and Matt Wirtz. But Dave Barnes um, wrote the song God Gave Me You that that Blake Shelton cut. Yes. And uh, and made a number one. And I remember one night I, I was out in the crowd to watch their sets after I played and Dave started playing God Gave Me You. And someone turned to their, you know, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend and said, oh, he's playing that Blake Shelton song. Oh. And they had no idea that Dave wrote that song. Yeah. Um, and it's just uh, that was a, cool. that was interesting. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool for me. It was also it is interesting because. Gosh, I mean, if Dave had heard that conversation, I wonder how he would feel. Right. Um, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like that little bit of, it, it is, it's, it's like, um, God, I don't know how to explain it. Like when you're talking about being your kids, maybe you're teaching your kid the best you can to do something, but then they find somebody who's, who teaches them even better. And it's like, well, they're succeeding, yeah. but damn it, I wish I could have been the one that taught them that. Yeah, you know? right. Ah. I will say, I will say this. I remember, I mean, I, I remember walking off the stage of Idol when I got cut and, and the thought going through my head was I'm going to prove them wrong. Um, and, and in that I meant that I, I was going to write songs and, and perform them and, you know, and, but I was going to just work the hardest and write as many songs as I could. And so for me, this felt like, it sort of felt like the, the, the validation or, or, you know, the place that I wanted to get to of, going, gosh, you know what, you, I have done that and I've worked so hard and, and this is sort of, um, the, the, the proof of that. And so, um, for me, it's kind of like, I don't know, that's kind of what it felt like. And even, even the thought of, you know, other artists singing my songs, I still feel like for me, for what I sort of set out to do, 
do I want to be the artist still? Yeah, of course. Like uh, I'm still an artist and creating, um, but do I care if Justin Bieber sings one of my songs? No. Heck no. You know no. why? Because da- daddy's got a mortgage. That's why. Yeah. You know? 100%. I, in- interesting. I, for, first of all, I love Old Dominion. And they're, they're behind so many huge hits from a whole bunch of different genres. And their latest live yeah. show, they have a little set where they sing some of those songs. You just don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. But um, last... F- Oh, no, no. It was just a couple weeks ago in the beginning of March. Um, John McLaughlin was here in town at the waiting room and striking matches was open for them. And that, you know, I had never heard of striking matches, but that in the middle of it, they're like, hey, we're going to sing a song that was actually performed uh, that we wrote that was on the show Nashville. And it's a song that I I, my wife loves this loves the song um, when the right one comes along. And it's a, and, oh. and it's like as soon as she heard it, she goes, "Oh my god, this is my favorite song mm-hmm. from Nashville." I had no idea these guys wrote it. So striking matches. There were thirty people in the stand in the audience watching the show, and these guys wrote one of her favorite songs. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's really it's cool. That's something I don't know. It's hard to say because it's 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 really cool. Something you put all the, your time and effort into. It gets purchased. It gets put on something huge, and a lot of people love it. But not everybody knows you did it. Right. Some, there's a little satisfaction in that, I think. Of them not knowing you did it? Of them kind of not knowing you do it, yeah. I, I, I think so. I don't know. I, kinda, I think like, that's kind of like our conversation we had last time I was with you guys, because I you know, have done a lot for TV and film as well. Right. And the more I do it, the older I get, the more I kind of enjoy flying off the radar a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just easier to operate and do what I do, and I don't have to travel around the country as much playing shows to, to promote mm-hmm. songs. And, uh, yeah, so that's interesting. But that's JT, kinda, do you feel like, would you feel differently about that? I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking like a lot of actors, when they talk to actors, they'd rather be the character actor than be the leading man. Um, because it gives mm. you so much more flexibility and, um, you're always that, Oh, I recognize that face. Who's that guy, you know, or he yeah. was in that movie, whatever, but it gives them the ability to still be anonymous and still live their life. And so I can understand that oh, when you're mm-hmm. at that level and you're, you're starting to really, Fire on all, whatever. Yeah. All your pistons are firing. It's, so it's, fun, it's fun. To, um, I think, know, it, I think like, it'd be fun seeing your work appreciated by other people. For example, I'm watching best, from afar. All we like, do every ah. day is we produce podcasts for other people. So when you get compliments on something that you were had a hand in writing, producing, all this other stuff, yeah. and it's helping somebody else get to where they want to be, it's like that's awesome. That's cool. We we it's it's totally. we don't don't need the accolades, don't need the oh my god, that was it was just Well, we need a little feel bit. good. No, we just need the money. We need the money. We just need the money. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's really cool to know that you you did that, something that is helping yeah. someone else and they're making it a success. It's just kind yeah. of Cool. That is true. Oh, that is good. Yeah, that's so true. It's funny how as as you get older and as time goes on, you just sometimes the way you feel about your craft changes or the way mm-hmm. you feel about how it's appreciate appreciated changes. Um, so yeah, I, I love that. That's yep. a that's a great analogy too with what you guys do. Do you have any work uh, coming up in the, any TV? That's or what I was just going to ask too. Is there, any what, like potato chip commercials or anything? Yeah. Looking for? <laughs> any closing scenes? Yeah. Anything like that that we need to be listening for? Um, you know, uh, funny enough, the next thing I have coming up is a video game trailer, um, for apex legends, uh, which is, uh, it's a game similar to Fortnite. So like that is crazy. I didn't even think about that. And I I don't want to talk dollars here, but is, I mean, I know people do voiceover specifically for Mm -hmm. games, sound effects, uh, you you score music trailers and stuff like that. Is that as lucrative or close to it as TV? Yeah, absolutely. That's insane. Yeah. Games, video games are, uh, I, I don't think we realize, especially if we're not, you know, 15 and 
and playing Call of Duty, like video games, the the following is insane. Right. Yeah. If you ever have looked at Twitch, that platform, yes. where people, you know, they live stream them playing <laughs> themselves playing video playing. games, <laughs> yeah, and people right. make a living doing right. it because they they make so much money on their on their their streams and and it, it's it's another level. Video games is well, it, it's it's, it's got to be like the music's got to be kind of a driving force behind the performance because mm-hmm. it's it's funny like playing a, a game. Okay, we're not exactly gamers, but we play a little Tune Blast here. And um, that's oh my god, I'm I'm going to delete that. And out of no, this podcast. the reason you why I'm going to say it, say, wait, playing Tune Blast on your phone is being a gamer. <laughs> no, the reason why I'm saying this is because I play it uh-huh. muted, and Pat always says you got to have some of the sound effects because it's just it's so much better if you can hear it. Not, yeah, not it's the so music, much more satisfying when you it hear is. the sound. You know, have the sound on, and I play it muted. I yeah. really couldn't care less. So does Beth. But gamers do not play muted. That's what I'm saying. No. Yeah, that's where I'm going. No. Is that it is well, it you is know, surround I, yeah, sound. My, a buddy of mine had the new <laughs> Fortnite trailer, and then it all the song also played when you um, first started playing the new Fortnite. Um, and Fortnite's one of the biggest games in the world. Right. And uh, so I just looked it up, and that song has over nine million streams on Spotify now. Wow. And uh, so yeah, and then that's that's solely because of Fortnite. That's um, huge. So it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, because they kind of immerse themselves in that stuff. <sighs> That's what, that was yeah. my point, Pat. I know. I was that, trying to oh show my God, the I difference. Just, okay, I'm like, oh my God, you cannot. Settle down. I've learned this from my kids. You can't. It's a no. <laughs> so um, now, now that you, now with this, everything going on with COVID and the quarantining and everything, are you taking advantage of this time? First of all, how's the family doing with this doing, quarantine? Doing well. Yeah, we, um, we're due with our first child on May 5th. So it's a bit of an interesting time to, uh, to yeah. you know, be having a baby. Um, yeah. So, but you know, ultimately we're, we're doing well. Kylie and I are just being extra cautious and we've sure. pretty much just been home. And, uh, I just, the last thing I would want is for her to get sick, um, oh, you know, sure. before having, before having a baby. Um, well, that's and somebody so, said too, the hospitals, yeah. uh, there's a friend of mine on Facebook and she's due about the same time. And the, the, right now the hospitals, at least the one that she's dealing with here locally, and they were like, one person can come with you, um, yep. and be with you at this point. That the, and yep. that hasn't changed yet. If it does change, it could. Yeah, and they're hoping it that could. They don't have I mean, to. New York made it where no one could go with you. Right. Not even not even a husband. You know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I. You know. Fortunately, we're not we're not in right. that dire of a circumstance here in Nashville. And I know you guys aren't either in Omaha. But yeah. Um. Yeah. So for now, I'm I'm able to go with. And um. So we're both pretty, pretty laid back people. So we're not we're not super, super nervous about it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're just trying to hunker yeah. down. It's and hard to get inspired to write stuff. Push, you have no, literally nothing else to yeah. do. You could be writing your ass off right now. And is it, is <laughs> trying to hard to find inspiration? Yes, it is. I've been sitting here today and uh, it, it is, I'm just banging my head against the wall it, constantly. It's crazy. I mean, you would think it's kind of like the whole thing of, you know, Someone who says, oh, man, if I could just work from home. And, and then now those people are like, I hate this. Dang I, right. it. I want to go to work. I can't stand it. Yeah. It's the same thing where it's like, man, how great would it be to just have months to sit at home and write songs? Uh-huh. Well, but it's like, well, then where do I start? Yeah. <laughs> right. No, what do I write true. about? And I can't go do sessions. Like my normal thing here oh. is I bounce around with different writer producers and, and they produce the track and we have a song by the end of the day. And I can't do that because no one, you know, no one's doing sessions with one another right now. Yeah. And so all I can do is sit at home and write by myself. And that's not much fun. Have we ever hooked him up together with, with uh, Rocket? 
Um, I don't think so. You remember Rocket in the morning back in the day used to work here. He lives in Nashville. And, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's on, on with this every once in a while, too. Yeah. I was just thinking about the, the Nashville connection. It's like, wait a minute. Those guys are probably like right down the street from each other. More than likely. More than likely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah possibly. Huh. Is, he, what, is he doing radio or what's he doing? He's got a podcast on YouTube, uh, YouTube channel, and yeah. picking up, t- doing pretty well, actually. He's and, and he's a photographer, like a great photographer. Uh, yeah. He's a great portrait photographer. He's awesome. Yes. Yeah. He's been doing that. Nice. He's been doing that his whole life. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Sweet. Well, Tim, thank you. Uh, we're, we'll be watching you on bet. the 13th, right? It's, it's the 13th? 13th. 13th. It's the 13th. Songland. Yep. And yep. 9, 9 p.m. Central is the is the time. Perfect. So I'm excited. Man, we're excited. I love, for love you. chatting with you guys. You, you too. You guys have been with me since the beginning, and I appreciate it so much. You got we it, have, buddy. Even though you lie to us all the time. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. keep, the, keep the family safe, and good luck. Um, I can't yes. wait to see the pictures after the 5th. I appreciate it. Hey, we'll, we'll let's chat again after uh, after Songland airs. Sounds yes. good. Let's do it. All right. All Thanks, right. guy. Thanks, Tim. Bye. See you, buddy. Tim Halperin. Um, always, always awesome. I know that's great. Um, okay, so all the links for everything, and we'll throw the trailer for Songland um, in uh, the song, the show notes, oh, and everything, and on our website. Thanks. Good deal, guys. It's Pat and JT. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Pat and JT podcast, a Parkville Media Production.